This city is all about sharing memories of wonderful London and that's why I'm even more excited to be working with one of my most favourite brands for this series. When I tell you that Instax are the instant photo people and their cameras and smartphone printers are super easy to use, I mean it. They are perfect because we all know that the best memories need to be captured in the moment. And I'm definitely talking from experience here because I've had an Instax camera for years and everyone who comes to visit my home, there's a rule. You must take an Instax photo and stick it in my guest book. It is one of my all time favorite things. Life is meant to be shared and I love, love, love that I've captured those moments with my friends and family forever. So whether you want to keep and treasure your pics like I do, give them away to loved ones to reminisce on a special time or one better, gift an Instax camera or printer, you can find out more at instax.co.uk. Hello, I'm Clara Ampho and welcome back to This City, the podcast where we talk to famed inhabitants of wonderful London. Each episode will delve into the past favourite places, the current favourite places, the dance spots, the food spots, the night bus stories, stories of school where we fell in love from some of our favourite famous faces, whether they were born here or adopted our capital. Dear listener, guess what? I am delighted. I know it's my favourite word because it's true. I stay delighted about all of my guests and I'm so happy to welcome the wonderful, loyal Karna to the show. Uh, Loyal isn't only just an incredible artist, um, he is also an amazing presenter. Check him out on Six Music sometimes. And he's also a fab dad. Last time I saw this guy was the night of the Mercury Music Prize, but usually when I do see him, it's in my local area because we're neighbours. And when I see him, he's usually with his wonderful partner and gorgeous son, who I'm letting you know now, makes a consistent cameo appearance throughout our conversation. So big up little Laurel Karna, big up big Laurel Karna. This is his episode of This City. You already know. Okay, yeah, Did he just say you already know? Here we go. Dear listener, it is my absolute joy to welcome to the podcast the one and only Laura Karna. For me, one of the most important voices in MC culture, just in British artistry, really honestly, well and truly. He's somebody that keeps me still excited and happy about the state of, of rap in the UK. And he also just happens to be my neighbour. Wow. Loyal, how are you living? What a lovely intro. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on this. It's a pleasure, truly. You know, I'm a big fan of you too, so thank you. Well, I'm a big fan. You know this. Um, look, I, I only spoke facts in my introduction because it's true. You do keep me excited about, about rap in the UK. Um, but also you're my neighbour because most times when I see you and it's not in a studio, it's when I'm just doing my weekly shop and <laughs> you're walking around with your missus and your kids and it's all very true. wholesome, isn't it? You see me with the buggy, man. Always. Like when you were uh, when you're out and about, like sort of like doing your doing your dad life, do you get clocked quite a bit, or are you quite? No, not really. Can you go I under the, the radar. I think really the 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 pram, like the buggy, is a um, a force field a little bit that like people don't really want to bug me for sure when I when I when I've got the buggy, which is nice. People are respectful to me. I know it's not like that for everyone, but also yeah, I am just under the radar. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I do such mundane stuff that like. People look at me and go, there's no way that could be my man, <laughs> like in Tesco's or whatever. <laughs> also, I'm not. And if they do, you know, because it does happen on, on a day to day, but like, 
it's really it's usually like especially with this new album it's been nice because people are really going yo thank you you know this helped me do this or you know here's a photo of me and my dad we just reconnected or whatever so it's I'm I'm proud that it's already out doing the thing it was meant to do you know right on well let's take it back to the roots let's take it out of our out of our um our shared neighborhood and to where yeah. you were brought up um so Lambeth 1994 twas the year Yes. Now I heard a rumor that you actually told me yourself, but I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna spit it off like I just knew it. That you were born on the same day <laughs> as Heady One. Is it true that you and Heady yeah. One are essentially brothers from different mothers? Yeah, we are precisely. We're twins, and yeah, on National Poetry Day as well, which means that yeah, it had to be. It had to be. Um, yeah, so shout out to Heady, man. One. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I just I love moments like that. I feel like that it means that you two are supposed to be like yeah. in each other's orbit. I think that's. Quite I think we're meant to be. I think we're meant to be homies. We're not homies yet. Like, but at some point, I, like I'll bide my time. I know he's friends with Drake and stuff. So you know what I mean, I know he's he's on a higher plane right now. But at some point, there's there's a pecking order. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna get. I'm once I once I get past Drizzy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in. I mean, personally, I, I rate you more. But yeah, yeah, I said it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so so yeah, South London's where you were born. Is that where your parents are brought up as well? Or did your did yeah. your parents like come from London? Or yeah, yeah, my my um my um my father, my biological father, he he was born. Yeah, he was born in in London. My, my my grandmother had just come over from Guyana, um, and so my, my my father was born here. But he grew up in a in a kids' home, yeah, in South, like a bit a bit further out, like kind of past Bromley Way, and and that was heavy. Like you know, I've only recently been talking to my dad, but learning a lot about that was pretty pretty heavy, but also quite beautiful, you know, to 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 see where he's where he's made it to now, you know, after such a heavy upbringing. And my mum in in Streatham, yeah, she grew up in 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 Streatham, and then we moved to West Norwood, then we moved to Croydon. Then I made it out finally, but I still, <laughs> I, I still, I still go back a lot. It's 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 weird. We're talking about it a lot now. I got a, now I got a son, and you know my girlfriend is like thinking about building an actual family and growing up a little bit. South is really the place I'd like to do that, you know, because it's so wide and open, so spacious. Yeah, I mean, because there, there's so much I want to get into in this conversation because you know mm. you've had a really open and honest dialogue. Um, with your fans and you know when you when you come into when we've had chats in the past mm. I guess about um, you know who you are as a man and how fatherhood has changed that and particularly yeah. like how growing up in self like impacted you know well like yeah like who you are I mean what you mentioned about your dad was really interesting obviously I only talk about what you, what you want to talk about yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure. but so he he came over from Guyana when he was a kid my, my, my grandmother, yeah. Your grandmother came over. How yeah. aware of this um, were you? Were you as a as a child? Not not really at all. You know, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't very close to my with my pops. Um, understandably, you know, from you know from the album, I, I guess I said a lot of it on there but in regards to our relationship. But but yeah, like from us c- connecting, I began to like learn about his life, which was something I just had never I'd never been privy to before, which was quite beautiful. You know, like kind of. Kind of frustrating in in a way when I was younger that I didn't get it, but also kind of beautiful to be old enough to actually receive it and understand it. Um, so yeah, when I was young, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about. I thought I actually thought I was from Ghana <laughs> because the way my dad my dad's hey! got this kind of weird like, this weird kind of cock, like Cockney thing going on, and so he says got like Guyana like like Guyana. <laughs> so so I, I had no idea. <laughs> For a long time. Do you know what? I'm sure, as as a Ghanaian, I'm sure I I'm sure we would happily claim you if you if you ever yeah. wanted to, you know. I still have a so, I still have a soft spot. Do you know what I mean? 
I was heartbroken in the World Cup still. No, I, I still because there's like for a lot for a lot of my childhood, I was like, yeah, I'm 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 African. I mean, I'm from Ghana, so it doesn't just disappear. I mean, well, I mean, they do call that. I, I I did hear that um, Croydon sometimes does get called like Little Accra. There are a lot of Ghana. There are a lot of Ghanaians. True, true. <laughs> like true. like my auntie, my actually a shout out to my uh, my auntie Bella and Uncle Chris, who like long time Croydon residents. Like, there's loads of Ghanaians around there, loads and loads. Um, what kind of a kid were you growing? What kind of a kid were you growing up in South? Because you must have obviously had a different upbringing yeah. than your dad's. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, I was I was lucky. I was with with, with, with my mum's. I think my mum my mum kind of like you know I grew up um, and was struggling at school. I had my mum is a teacher of special educational needs, so she was quite worried about me like in the area we were and you know the guys the, like the friends I had and whatever. I wasn't obviously because I was young, but she kind of was concerned that I was gonna end up in a lot of trouble, and so she started. I guess like put put a big emphasis on on education for me. You know, like she felt like if I could get into a better school, you know, I got into a um I got I got into a private school on on a scholarship. Um, which was crazy, which is a whole different experience and one I felt like very much an outsider. But I was able to kind of, you know, Trojan horse my way in there and get get a good education, you know, and, and use that education for good, you know what I mean? Not just to work in a bank or some shit. So yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I don't, can I ask you a question? Because I've always been, I've always been so um, fascinated about this. And I remember I got into a conversation with one of my siblings about this when it comes to like, yeah. to private schools, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I've always been a bit like, if I ever had a kid... Yeah, I'm not sure what yeah. I would do when yeah, it yeah. comes to that because, yeah. and you know what, I'm sure there's, I, and I know people that went to private school yeah. and who are, I know some people went to private school who are incredibly safe. Yeah. I know, but some I but some of the most wildest yeah. people I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. went to private school yeah. in, in the same way that like, like you know, state schools have amazing people and have some terrible yeah. people. But yeah. I won't lie, I've always had this thing of like, I don't know how comfortable yeah. I would feel knowing that I could send my kid to an uh, institution where everybody knows that they are there because their parents have access to, mm-hmm. to like, to, to money and, yeah. a, and, and a privilege that just the, 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 the average person doesn't have. Yeah. And obviously, if you're there on a scholarship, I wonder what that experience was like for you. Yeah, like, knowing that you're that, not coming in there on, like, a, on my parents' uh, loaded flex. No, do you know what it was? Oh. is. It, it, it was like exactly that, that, the, the, you know, being at the school, you know, the education, like the teachers are, some of the teachers were awesome. They expect a lot of you, which is weird, you know, because you're still just any any kid, but obviously you have to take an entrance exam and whatever. So there's all this thing of like, you're expected to be at, at a certain level of intelligence, whatever, which is kind of deep because you're you're young. But I think the thing about it that was, the thing that was good was the teachers are, the teachers are, they're, they're kind of some of the only teachers I know that are paid how much any every teacher should be paid? You get me. So they're kind of happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was, I was already an other. I mean, I went there. I was mixed race. There wasn't many people who were black or like you know to be an ethnic minority. There was already you're you're deep in the minority. But on top of that, you're kind of then like they're kind of to their kind of you know narrow minded view. I'm I'm fulfilling another stereotype of being the one that's like asking for a handout and whatever. So yeah, I guess for me, what I enjoyed about it though was just being able to flip it and. And, and be in that room, you know, and much like, you know, the story of Barack Obama when he's at, at university is like, everyone's expecting him to do a certain thing and he's able to kind of go, yeah, well, actually, I'm going to take all the all the judgment and, and use it to my advantage and, and slip through the net unnoticed. And, and But yeah, it, it, it was weird. I don't think I'll send my son there just because there's a disconnect between the reality of, 
you know, of, 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 of life. You want to meet people from all walks of life. And I was lucky because I, I was only there for a few years. But, you know, to be there for your entire schooling, you don't get to hang out with anyone, you know? I was like, I was like the only guy who was kind of broke. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Just me and the other people who were on scholarship, we ended up being friends. Do you know what I mean? Because we were like similar, you know, what, what like wanted more for ourselves than maybe like the schools in our area were offering, but also weren't from this world. So it was very easy for us to just kind of like stay together and hide. Thank you so much for your insight. Yeah, because I've always, um, I've always wondered about that because I, I knew boys that went to like some prestigious like private schools. Some of mm. them are safe and some of them like, they obviously they were born into privilege and stuff, but they almost had no choice but to be dickheads, for want of a better phrase, <laughs> because they no, because they were raised to believe like you are yeah. elite, you are in the yeah, upper yeah. echelon of society, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're gonna be this, that, and that, and and so to know, yeah. to hear your perspective, it's um, it's 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 really it's really really interesting, really interesting. There's beauty to it, like you know, like everything. I, I definitely feel very grateful for the the rooting in, in education it gave me. But yeah, that's kind of kind of it. And but you got to also go to the Brit school for a bit, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My schooling was it was fucked up to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like it wasn't it wasn't your typical schooling. But I think, yeah, what was crazy is that the you know the Brit school was really that was that was my like, you know, like the space where I was able to one, be surrounded by just society, you know what I mean, properly, which was essential for me I would have been in like year 10 or something so that's I can't I don't know how old that is maybe 14 or something 14 15 I think yeah 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 14 yeah so that you know like it was essential for me to to re-establish myself in a world that I was just slipping out of you know I think if I'd have been at my other school anymore I could have you know no I couldn't afford the same shit that the other guys had but do you know what I mean I was I was still going to those kind of parties and whatever so yeah it kind of came at, at, at the perfect time for me that was almost my like equivalent of going you know going to state school going to regular school so yeah, I loved it there for some reasons. I mean, that's it. Do you know what? Because I used to live in uh, I used to live in Clapham Junction, and yeah. every morning uh, when I go to the train station to get to where I needed to be, you can oh always spot the bricks. The brick. The do you need, do you need to deal with the deal with the kid quick? No, 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 no. That's fine. I, well, he's all right. He's, what 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 have you done, young man? Oh, he's just right now. Little update for the for everyone listening. He's taken all of my girlfriend's makeup, which wasn't supposed to be touched by him and thrown it everywhere but i'm in a thing oh where like, he's so but he's so occupied with it that like she'll never know you guys will know but she'll never know that i might just let this run and see how it pans out hang on hang on are you making now me and all our listeners yeah, accomplices yeah. in the crime yeah. here he goes look, committed he by goes. your son Where against you your partner's makeup he's just touching and now up. he's doing contour on your face no, he's touching up <laughs> It's our secret, do you know what I mean? My, my, my girl never listens to these, so I'll be fine. I can catch up. Okay, like, oh, you. Okay. To the Cairo podcast, she'll be like, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I'm like, oh, is it? <laughs> Liar. Okay, fantastic. This, okay, we'll, 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 all, uh, we'll all keep it straight. Everyone, please do not, do not uh, bait up uh, Loyal's child to his keep, missus. Please, please, please. But um, yeah, when I when I when I lived in Clapham Junction, I just remember always at the always at the, on the platform. I think it was either platform eleven or twelve. You could spot the Brits kids yeah, yeah, yeah. because they always. would literally be like popping and locking <laughs> on the platform, yeah, like yeah, singing whole... really loudly. Yeah, just doing the absolute most. Yeah. Where, how did you how did you navigate that? Were you involved? I think I navigated it like any like any kid. You know, what I mean, I was able to. To have fun, like I was in a dance group, I was in a like 
doing my doing my popping and locking. But also, what I loved about it was a space for like experimentation. So I did loads of goofy stuff there that like if I hadn't have gone there, I might not have felt brave enough to do. But there was always someone who was more extroverted, who was more embarrassing than you, right? So you, it was just a safe space to fail. I guess that's that was what was awesome about the Brit School for me was like I could fail without anybody seeing me. So I, you know, before I had any career in anything. I was already trying out, yo, what does it look like if I do this? What if I dress like that? What if in, you know, if, you know, I was studying theatre there as well. I wasn't doing music. So um, I really liked that because I think it allowed me to to make, for music to be just a hobby as opposed to like a, an education. Do you still have aspirations to act perhaps like on stage or? Yeah, yeah. Or is, is, that, is that a part of you that's like, nah, or you, or you, are you still open to it? No, massively. It's something that I've actually got more interested in recently. I think oh after God. doing this, doing this last album, I was like, I was like, um, kind of, you know, I, I feel like I've just spent, ex- kind of spent myself musically, and and I'm still, you know, still working on on more music, but kind of as a as a challenge to myself, I'm kind of, yeah, thinking about that. What what does it look like if I write a play next, or if I write a film, or direct one, or if I'm in one, you know, to kind of keep myself, as you as you grow, I guess in this you know like one of my heroes really is um Donald Glover you know Childish Gambino and what I think yeah why he's been able to do this for so long is because he has kept following what excites him as opposed to just doing what people expect of him you know so for me it's kind of just trying to be a chameleon with it so yeah 100% I'd, I'd love to so if you're listening get me in get me next James Bond please <laughs> I'm joking Hey, listen, anything can happen. Um, do you remember the first time that you performed to a London crowd like like as Laurel Karner? Like, was it was it when you were at Brit? Was were you performing for like your fellow students like rapping? Were yeah. or like do you remember the first like venue that you booked as Loyal? Yeah, I was I was it would have been my first headline show was at birthdays, um, and that was for our EP and I played that. Oh my god, that's so funny. So Big Zoo, we've had Big Zoo on the podcast. He, yeah, he yeah. his first show was at birthdays as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you know it was like a rite of passage, I think, for a lot of artists at the time. Um, but yeah, like the show itself, like my performance was terrible because we just didn't rehearse back then. We just thought we were sick, and I I forgot like like I came in on the first song like four four bars too early or four bars too late, so the drums didn't come in where they were meant to. Then I forgot my lyrics in another song, and and then I tried to make a joke. Uh, yeah, everything was terrible about it. But I'll never forget it because it was it was like it was a good it was like my first show and it taught me loads because then I had to basically had to pattern up. I had to like respect the craft and actually not think I could just do it in my sleep. So yeah. Yeah, but you can't you can't hit it on the table. <laughs> do you remember the first shows that you went to, like as a kid, like that made you think, okay, this is this this is a bit of me. And like what ven- what venues were you going to? Where were you hanging out? I went to that. I mean, I played and went to the Amersham Arms a couple of times for the Steves for the Steves nights in New Cross. That's a long time ago, um, but I mean, for me, like I used to love going to the Jazz Caf and going because they they were putting on a lot of a lot of a lot of rap shows. But the main one for me would always be Brixton Academy. I was meant to go see Kanye West play there, but um, my mum wouldn't let me go because someone had been someone got stabbed or someone got shot there like the week before, and and, and this is like college dropout Kanye West. And my mum was like, you know, and I was definitely, kind of, definitely not this era. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sorry to even bother with that. Yeah, it's very, very much done. I've, I've tried my best, actually, to kind of always be on the side of like, he needs help and, you know, support him and whatever. But in recent, in recent times, I can't even get down with it anymore. Yeah, so. nah, 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 yeah, it's just, we can't. But I'm, I'm talking about the Kanye West that was like, um, at the time, speaking out against homophobia, was speaking out against Nazis. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm talking about that guy, and and I was trying to explain mm-hmm. to him 
you don't understand this like this isn't the rap that you're thinking of. Do you, do you know what I mean? This is not the rap that the newspapers are telling you about. This is the rap that like, uh, that is everything that I believe in, everything that you believe in. So yeah, he's gonna come obviously fallen a long way from that. But yeah, Brixton Academy. I used to go to everything there, like um, the UK um, breakdance championships. Yo, I was always there. <laughs> I used to love it. In the corner, like <laughs> busting, <laughs> busting something. Were you a little b-boy? Did you, were you, were you yeah. a little wannabe breakdancer? Yeah, I wanted to be. I mean, I, I grew up in the era of like MTV bass and, you know, all Missy Elliott videos and stuff. And that like, all of that shit was, there was just people breakdancing in every video. Usher, do you know what I mean? Marcus Houston. <laughs> These guys, sweet boy guys that just, yeah, made you feel like you had to be able to dance <laughs> in every video. I still think there's there's a world where I have to make one like make one video where I, where we get down like that because it was a dream when I was young. To oh be my like, gosh. Please, 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 oh my please. Please, 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 please. Who doesn't love the gift of an amazing memory? I love making this podcast because everyone enjoys a good reminisce. And I'm being honest when I say I am thrilled to be working with Instax on this series. An Instax camera or smartphone printer is such a great gift for anybody. So easy to use with three different film sizes, mini, square or wide, and each has its own look and feel. From the colourful Mini 11 to the retro classic design of Mini 40, they are the perfect accessory for every social event in your calendar this holiday season. So don't just take, give. Head to instax.co.uk to find out more. Who were you rolling with when when you were a teenager, like about about town? Like, what kind of stuff were you doing? Like, were you that kid that hung out at the um, at the shopping local shopping centre for like hours and hours? Or were you yeah, like, we quite a loner? Like, what was your what was your what was your vibe? <laughs> I, I think I was a bit of a like a bit of an outsider for many reasons. I was just I was a bit weird as a kid, but also like I I lived on the outskirts, especially when I was at Brit. Like, I was far away. Everyone was kind of living in ends. Like, they were all in central. Like, like kind of in, you know, between zones three and one. And I was all the way out in zone six. So, yeah, I, I guess I used to go to the Whitgift Centre in Croydon all the time. Oh, my gosh, the Whitgift. <laughs> I spent many a Saturday there. Come on, come on. Because it was, it, was, it was a place to be. But I saw many things there, you know. I've seen, like, bad stuff, you know. People, like, people lose their lives. and But I've also seen, you know, like, some some joyous things. Like, yeah, it was it was, it was a... It was an education for me, really. You know, growing up in growing up in Croydon, you see everything. Um, I never forget one time I was in McDonald's with my mum, and a guy got thrown. A guy got thrown through the McDonald's window. We were sat in McDonald's eating, and someone came flying through the window. <laughs> and my name was like Croydon. <laughs> I used to go to Central London a lot as well because because of like my friends being so sporadic. It was such an easy meeting place. So yeah, we used to always like, mm-hmm. just link up. Link up in link up in Central. Walk around Oxford Circus. You know what I mean, go to Urban Outfitters. <laughs> not buy anything. <laughs> yeah, not buying. Just yeah, just window shopper forever. Go night town and just look. You know what 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 could be. Yeah, I, I remember when the Nike Town like first opened. It was like this like utopia. It was like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. there's a whole shop with Nike stuff in it. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it like was Disneyland. Like, just couldn't afford, yeah. It was like Disneyland for tracksuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, were you that group of guys that were like, I don't know, like if you see a group of girls, it was like, oi, oi, 
Was it? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> was I, wish, it... <laughs> I wish I was able to chat to girls when I was younger, man. Like, if I knew everything I knew now, do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd be so... Yeah. It <laughs> would be different. But I was always just... <laughs> I, was, I was terrible. I was terrible. You know, I had homies that had older, older sisters and they could talk to girls. No, nah, I couldn't. I just had not. I had nothing. I just got so shy or like too talkative. I, yeah, I just, I wasn't made for you, it. You weren't a teenage Casanova. No, no, no. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. I had to wait. I had to wait a little while for that to start to kick in. I see, I see. Uh, were you were you much of a clubber or was it more like gigs? Were you like, were you a raver? No, no, I was more, I was more, more going to, going to shows, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I was talking to someone about this the other day about like neurodiversity. That like, because when I was at school, I was, um, you know, because I have ADHD. My mum, you know, put me on a on a course of this like medication, like um, ADHD medication, like Ritalin, and that's essentially like speed. Do you know what I mean it's essentially class A? So when I was at school, I had to take drugs. Do you know what I mean? So on the weekends, when everyone else was trying to go out and get loose and like feel like they could be themselves by opening up a little bit, I was kind of more always like it, like I got to be myself by not taking drugs do you, do you get me so like mm-hmm. everything that kind of came with, with party culture and whatever it wasn't that I was against it I loved I loved to dance I loved to listen to music I loved to go out but I just I could never get down with that side of it because for me I was I was that felt oppressive do you know I mean it didn't feel like a relief it felt like the opposite to me so yeah I, I used to love going to shows but when everyone else used to go oh we're gonna go out afterwards that was when I'll just go home we're, okay so were you the one um, that learned how to drive early or were you or were you a night bus guy no I was I was a night bus night train from from there was a there was one train an hour because I lived I lived just just like I, the, I could go to like South Croydon station or I could go to Pearly Oaks or whatever to and get home so there was always one train I could catch every hour from Victoria so I used to always catch that train. Let me ask you this, because I always feel stuff, sometimes the most exciting stuff always happens on the way back home. Do you, do you mm-hmm. remember seeing anything particularly like wild? Yes, I do. I do remember crazy things happening. I remember at Victoria on, on the platform that um, yeah. a, guy, a guy, I watched a guy throw up like, like, like a dragon, like really throw up all across the floor. <laughs> and then another guy like, a guy, like a city guy, in a suit, running, like breezing for his train, doesn't doesn't see the sick, hits it, spins back, hits his head, slides all the way across, like across the platform, like um, across the open concourse. And then they ha- and then he was super injured. They had to like put a whole thing around him. Yeah, it was crazy. Not the city guy slipping in the sick. <laughs> but then also that's kind of metaphorical for what it is like to live in London, isn't it? It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's beautiful. You got people people being out here having a good night, and you got the people grinding the gears of capitalism, like <laughs> slipping in the puke. <laughs> Them shoes with no grip. That's it. But there's there's an allegory in it, isn't there? I feel. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? But that's what I used to love about the train in general is just the beauty of all these different worlds coming together. Do you know I mean, now I drive a lot and I kind of get bummed out and I try to catch the train when I can because I used to that's where I used to get all my inspiration. Because you're like an anthropologist on the train. Do you know what I mean you're watching everybody? all day mm. and people are doing some weird shit on the train or on a platform or on the way to the station and I think when you're driving you're disconnected from that so I like to I like to do it as much as I can that's so true isn't it? because I, I think and I think particularly as Londoners I think you know it's, it's been a recurring theme um, on this podcast mm. that we are friendly but there's also a kind of there's a suspicious a sort of like what are you looking at thing but then we're also very acutely aware of our surroundings and I guess if especially for you as an artist you know public Mm. transport that must be like yeah one of the best places just to really get inspired from people yeah it's a gold it's a gold mine 
it's be- it's beautiful also because it's where you see a lot of beauty too. Do you know what I mean? You get to see, like for me with movies that I love, you know, it's always like kitchen sink drama. Do you know I mean, I like to see things happening for real and real people with real emotions. So I don't know. Yeah, like I, I honestly don't think a lot of my music would have been made without, you know, like a lot of it's always, it's always referenced public transport, you know, like Southern trains, underground. It's all, I'm always recording them on my phone because that's where like that spontaneous stuff happens that makes you want to write music about it. You know what I mean? Have you ever been caught um, by someone like making a voice note or writing clearly? They've clocked you and be like, hang on a minute. (laughs) Are you, are you? My mum told me about this story when I was really young and I first got a phone with a camera on it there was this woman sat like this beautiful woman sat opposite us on a train and I just bit like bare, like blatantly bare face just took a photo of her <laughs> just like <laughs> held my little phone up when I was a kid and just was like, was, like going, wow <laughs> wow <laughs> I mean he, he was so, appreciating yeah. beauty but maybe not boundaries but you were a kid so whatever you were a class <laughs> no, no yeah no boundaries I was I was young I was young I was about seven Wait, okay, so okay, fair dues, fair dues, fair dues. Now, look, it would be remiss of me to chat to you and not talk to you about food and cooking because, as we know, London is an incredible place to eat. You yourself have got your own cooking school for kids. Um, mm-hmm. I need to talk to you about eating up and around the town. Like, where right now are you going to get the good good? Where Where are you loving to eat? I mean, I still always go. My friend, my friend Elliot, he's bounced around a lot, but he has a like a like a food a food thing going on called Legom. So wherever he goes, I go. I think he's at the Spursto Arms right now. But yeah, that that's 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 where I go if I want to go get some barbecue meat. So that's East London? Yeah, East London. I still hit the Vietnamese strip as well um, in East London. If I want to get like Asian food, like Indian food, then I go I go to Tooting, obviously. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. But really, yeah, really like, I don't know, I've also been going to like Forest, like Forest Gate for, for a similar kind of food to, to, to where I was going in Tooting as well. So yeah, like I'm 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 around, but but more time my go to is Vietnamese. I go to what's the really Marito. That's like that's like my 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 expensive place. If I'm if I'm feeling fancy, um, in that's on Hackney Road. Marito's awesome. Um, Dom subs, you know, for a quick for a quick sandwich. Yeah. yeah. And your cooking school, like how, like how's that going yeah. at the moment? Is it is it like what's the current status? Are you are you planning to sort of expand it outside of London or or like yeah, what's, yeah. what's the I'm, mood at the moment? I literally just did um um had a like a really long conversation with with the main man Jamie Oliver about um like the hope of expanding it properly, you know, because I would love for it to be, you know, because I fund it myself the cooking school, I c- I can only take it so far and. Um, I can only afford to take it so far and I would love for it to be one yeah thing that pops up in the summer over across the UK and then maybe like other parts of the world but also for it to maybe exist you know all year round go to schools and stuff so yeah I'm trying to figure out just how how I can access as many kids as possible Mm -hmm. and are you um, also can I ask you are you still cooking at home a lot or not not really you you eat out no I am I mean delivery really is like is is killing me man I need to slow down with that because my my metabolism is not what it used to be but because of my son I I have to cook um, you know and and stuff that's relatively healthy so it's really been a benefit been a benefit for me as well to kind of watch what I'm eating but yeah we cook at home all the time have you got a particular um, you'd have to say the name because I'm obviously not trying to bait up your address but have you got a particular like boss man shop that you go to or a, or a local shop that like where you can always get the good good the local shop on my corner just the 12 the 12 pound shop 
which is like just the most blatant, gentrified, like deli place ever. But it just, it has everything I need always. But it always comes up to twelve pounds. Like you could go in there and just get some some loo roll and some sugar, and it's twelve pounds. It's like it, n- it will never be below that. <laughs> it, it, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. But yeah, I love it there. Um, but yeah, the twelve the twelve pound shop still. That's why. That's my hangout. <laughs> um, do you do you still go to the boss man shop though? Because like for me, like there's there is a comfort about walking into the shop and knowing you can get what in in my culture we call it a big garden must go laundry bag. You can get your broom. You can get like I don't know batteries. You can get fake flowers, whatever. Like yeah, I tell you what. There's, a, there's, there's um, on a, on a, on a studio at the studio we 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 work at. Um, there's a spot um, right where we're at Hackney. We, we we work at Hackney Road Studio. Shout out to them. And like, there's one, there's one corner. I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but a dude in there always, he's got like photos of all the people, all the famous people that have come in, right? And um, always, he's always pressing me, not, not, not for a photo. He doesn't care about that. But he's always pressing me. He's like, yo, when can I get in the studio? When can I get in the studio? Yo, bring me in, bring me in. So at some point, you're gonna hear him. Do you know what? I think let him live. You know, <laughs> get him on. Why not? Let him live. Let him live. Let him live. Let me talk to you about more local stuff. Um, you're a swimmer, aren't you? You're, you're an outdoor swimmer. I did not. Yeah. Talk like are you on are you on these outdoor swimmers that does it when it's freezing cold or is it strictly a summertime thing? I try and make it all year round, um, if I can. It's nicer it's nicer in the winter because people don't go, you know? Um and as long as the water's heated. But more time I'm trying to go, there's there's a there's a there's a reservoir I found out about recently, which is like a like a proper outdoor one, which I've been going to a little bit recently, and that's freezing. But I like it, yeah, it's good. I don't know, I feel like it's the closest thing I can get to um to meditation. It's like one of the only things that I kinda I do that. And um, kickboxing, Muay Thai. That's, hey. Those are the two things. The two things I do, yeah. Do you feel like a bit of a bad man every time you finish a class? Yeah, do, yeah. it's not. It's, just, well, it's so weird to say, but it's so awesome to get hit in the face because you realise that you're not as weak as you think you are. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's funny, I was talking to my guy, Ali, who's he's got a fight actually tomorrow. Shout out to Ali. Um, but he um, he was saying, I was asking him, you know, where can I improve? Because I've been doing it for a minute now. It was pr- probably just when I had my son, I was like, well, I need to actually be a kind of a bit dangerous now after being a soft boy forever. And um he I was like, what can I improve on? What you know, what's wrong? And he said, usually people usually people feel really comfortable throwing their hands, but they don't feel comfortable getting hit. And he said that I'm the opposite, that I'm like scared to hurt someone. I don't want to hurt people, but I don't mind getting hit in the face. So I've just been like swallowing these bangs. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm cha- I'm switching up. Damn. I'm switching up. But yeah, I don't mind it. Do you know I what? Rather you than me, but I do you know, I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Oh, get involved. You know what? Maybe maybe I will get hit in the face just for fun. How about it? How about it? Um, I feel I'm going to let you go because fun. you know what? We've had a lovely, lovely chat, but I know that I know fatherhood is beckoning. But um, before I let you go, let me ask you this. Um, if you were mayor for the day, what would you implement? What would you make sure? And it could be the most frivolous thing. It could be the most serious yeah. thing. If you're in charge of London what's happening if I was mayor I would um, instantly give it to Atian Akej who is on my album who's a good friend of mine um, who was a youth labour MP and now is just you know all round brilliant thinker and I would make I would make it easier for dads as well (laughs) just let dads do dad life easier yes but yeah I would I would give I would give the job to Atian because I know that he would be in safe hands actually cool a cool thing before I, before to end it on that still is that at my last show um Sadiq Khan came and I was able to introduce him to Atian and um Sadiq said please don't take my job yet so shout out to both of them wow 
Sadiq, so, so Sadiq may be able to see no, into the future. Keys to the city, bro. I mean. Like Bruce Wayne. That's <laughs> Loyal, Ben, Ben, Loyal. I mean, I, I, feel like you, I feel like you've been Ben in this conversation. I'm, yeah, I'm very, I'm very much Ben right now. <laughs> this is, you got me at my most Ben. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Um, thank you to your son for his excellent... Um, <laughs> For his excellent company, he has brought a lot of colour and character. Say goodbye. Come and say goodbye. I mean, I mean. Say bye-bye. Are you going to say natural bye-bye? Are you going to blow bye, a kiss? Bye, kiddo. Oh. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening to The City. And if you liked it, don't forget, you can tell your mates or one better. If you visited any of the spots we talked about and have a story, let me know on socials. Remember, you can like, rate and subscribe in all the usual podcast places. See you next time.